Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle and build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's show, we catch up with Sarah Noel, a freelancer with a pretty interesting journey. Sarah didn't study copywriting or marketing at school, but now she's got a six-figure freelancing business doing just that, copywriting and marketing. In our conversation, Sarah shares exactly what she did to decide on a skill, teach herself that skill, and then monetize her brand new skill into a full-fledged business. Whether you want to learn a new skill to offer your current clients or want to pivot to a new industry altogether, this episode will motivate you to take action and give you a roadmap you can use to get there. We'll be right back after the break. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store, and while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. Hey guys, you've got enough tough decisions to make every month as you grow your business. Picking your next great book to read should not be one of them. With Book of the Month, you can forget about the hassle of browsing through endless shelves or scrolling infinitely through an overwhelming amount of book options online. Book of the Month simplifies the process of finding the next great thing to read by offering a carefully selected lineup of five to seven titles to pick from each month. From gripping thrillers to heartwarming romance and everything in between, I'm personally really excited about this new announcement from Book of the month, curated audiobooks. Since you're listening to podcasts, I assume that you like audiobooks and you're like me, you're more of a downloader than a page turner. And this is your moment. I'm right here with you. I've picked out my selections for March already and you can too. Joining book of the month is super easy, very affordable. Plus for a limited time, new members can get their first book for just $9.99 with code CHIRP. Visit bookofthemonth.com now to pick your next great read. That's bookofthemonth.com with promo code CHIRP, C-H-I-R-P, or click the link in our show description. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. My name is Preston Lee from Milo.co and I am joined today as always by my friend Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com. Hey Clay. Hey, how's it going? I'm all, I always have fun on these things, man. I know, they're <laughs> such a blast. And then we were just talking before, I hit the record button. We're joined uh, by a new friend of ours, Sarah Noel. And uh, she's calling in from Montreal. Is that right, Sarah? Yeah, it is. I'm up here in Canada. Yeah. Feels like the North yeah. Pole to me. <laughs> I bet, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, it's blazing hot down here for us, but mm-hmm. uh, we're excited to have have you on the call either way. We're going to chat a little bit with Sarah today about how to um, learn a, a brand new skill from scratch and then 
monetize that skill in a service-based business. So I'm really excited about this because I think it has multiple applications um, for listeners. That is, if, if you're already freelancing, which a lot of listeners are, or if you're trying to build an agency, this could be a great way to like add a new service to your business. You know, maybe you already do web design, but you might want to get into web copy, or maybe you do graphic design and you'd like to get into web design or something. Like you could potentially use this as a way to augment your services. Or if you already work, you know, freelance, do certain kind of work and you don't enjoy it that much. I know lots of people who like want to pivot and try a different service. So I think this could be a really interesting conversation today. Before we dive in, Sarah, will you tell us a little bit about your background, your history? This is basically like your moment to convince everyone to stick around uh, for our conversation. <laughs> like, why should we care that Sarah's on the show today? Yeah, no pressure. No yeah, pressure. no pressure at all. <laughs> yeah, Clay, I was just going to say the same thing. No pressure. Okay, hey guys, my name is Sarah Noel. <laughs> you should definitely stick around. Just kidding. But the reason why you should is because, like Karsten said, I am going to teach you how to monetize a new skill that you want to have that will benefit your business because that's exactly what I did. So my background has absolutely nothing to do with what I do now, which why is why I believe I'm the great person to teach you about it. But long story short, my husband is from Canada and I am American and he decided we were going to move to Canada. He got a job here and he was like, hey, I want to do this. I miss my family. And I was like, Oh, okay. I guess I'll find a job now that I can take with me. So I was looking for a remote job, went on LinkedIn, was searching for stuff that just wasn't it. Like nothing was coming up for me. I couldn't find anything that fit my skills. And I have three bachelor's degrees and two minors and basically everything but marketing, which is what I do now. I'm a copywriter. And I couldn't find anything with all of those degrees, all of that educational experience in my pocket. (laughs) Nothing was coming up. So then I was like, okay. I've always wanted to be a writer. Let's just see what happens. So I went on LinkedIn, searched for writer, and I kept seeing copywriter, copywriter, copywriter everywhere. And I was like, what the hell is that? So I went to Google, (laughs) asked Google, hey, what's a copywriter? And then I figured (laughs) out I've been doing this actually in my professional positions in completely unrelated fields this whole time. I just didn't know it was called copywriting because I didn't go to school for marketing. Yeah. So I'd written, you know, words that sell things, which is what copy is. In all my previous positions, I had worked as a legal secretary. I'd worked as a concierge. I'd worked as an administrative person in a school and was randomly tasked with a lot of copywriting. So I was like, I could do that. And then I taught myself for free. And now here I am, um, six-figure business, fully supporting my family. My husband is a stay-at-home dad. I love that for me and for him and for our toddler. And I taught myself everything for free. I love that. I mean, first of all, like I love the story of of you just caring enough to go out and make it happen, and then you know building a six figure business, which you know we we love to talk about. It's maybe an arbitrary number, but like there is something to be said about going from zero from scratch, teaching yourself a skill, and then monetizing that skill to the point where you're making six figures. I just I love that whole story, and I'm excited about our conversation today. For sure. I do agree that the six-figure thing is like, look at me, I'm a freelancer, haha, six figures, ooh, 10K months. And everybody uses that as like a success point. Like you're only successful if you cross that, you know, five-figure a month barrier or whatever. But in reality, your success comes from how happy you are with doing this new skill. And I can honestly say I would never want to do anything else. My last job was so horrible. <laughs> sitting at the <laughs> yeah. worst cubicle, yeah. doing the most mundane things. I'm so much happier now. So I don't want anyone listening that's going to start freelancing to feel bad, you know, if they're not at that six-figure moment. But I never thought it was going to pop off like this. Like I remember going from searching for my first client, which I'm down to talk about how I found if you want, and um, just being sad, like, oh my God, I'm going to be having to write 20,000 blog posts to make a living before I figured out what I really wanted to do. So I just wasn't expecting it to pop off like that. I'm so excited that it did. Yeah. You know what's so, what's so funny is you were reading off your, uh, your, I guess, your mini bio. And I was like, this is like, sounds like me. Because <laughs> like, I have like two degrees. I have a couple minors. And like, I didn't use any of it. And, and, like, I, and, and none of them were marketing related. Now I'm in marketing. Uh, so I was just like, oh, how funny that this story is very like similar path as mine because I could totally relate. Um, and I, I don't come across that very often. 
That's cool. Yeah, we're uh, <laughs> twins in that way. But right. I find that most people, or not most people, that's dramatic, but a lot of people that I've met, you know, internet friends, as you, as one meets when you're a digital person, um, <laughs> I, digital person, I don't have a better way to say that. But um, a lot of people have told me like, oh, my sociology degree is actually the reason why I got into marketing or my psychology background mm. and blah, blah. One of my degrees is sociology. So I thought it was cool that a lot of people that I've met don't have a marketing background either, which just goes yeah. to show that you really can teach yourself that skill. Yeah, for sure. Or, or like, I, I, I find a lot of times, <clears throat> and I can say this because I, you know, I'm a black sheep. I actually got a degree in communications and advertising. Fancy. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but I have found actually the people who I meet who are almost the best at it and most interesting have actually gotten a degree in something else because then you approach marketing not from like this highly technical, highly educated point of view. You you approach it like from from a different angle or a different. You look at it a different way from a psychological angle or from a whatever uh, because you have a different background. So I I admire people who have self taught mm-hmm. you know marketing. Obviously, even when you get a degree in marketing, there's a lot of self teaching to be done because things are changing all the time. But I just think it's cool how many different perspectives you know people can have you bring to the table and uh and it sounds like it sounds like that's the exact uh experience you had so i'm i'm excited to have you on the show today let's let's dive in a little bit more now to the process i guess so so if really what we're promising listeners today is you can select a skill that you don't have but that you're passionate about you can learn that skill and then you can monetize that skill um to the point that you have a successful full-time business where does that journey start, Sarah? Where, if I'm listening to the show, where do I, you know, if I pause the show at this moment, right after you tell me whatever you're about to tell me, what is that starting point? Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You hear us talking on the show all the time about social media and the importance of marketing yourself online as you grow your business. That's because social has played a huge role in both of our businesses as we've grown them, but actually getting customers from your social accounts to your website and ultimately to make a purchase can sometimes be more difficult than it should be. If you need a simple solution, I recommend you try getting a .bio domain from Porkbun. That's .bio, .bio. You can put it in your LinkedIn bio. You can put it wherever you want to put it so that people can get directly to your website. We've partnered with Porkbun a lot over the years for two reasons. First of all, we trust them and they offer better deals on domain names than anyone else that we know about. And right now you can get a .bio domain name for less than $3 at Porkbun. So for less than a cup of coffee, you can get a short, memorable, and professional .bio domain name to share yourself with the world. Just visit porkbun.com slash freelance or click the link in this episode's description. That's P-O-R-K-B-U-N.com slash freelance and you can get a .bio domain for $3 right now. Okay. Starting point, I actually have three. You're going to want to open Google. You're going to want to open YouTube and you're going to want to open Gmail or whatever (laughs) spam email that you use to download free stuff from the internet or put in like the skid email for the coupon code or whatever, the email that you don't use. That's where you start because you're going to be downloading a lot of free stuff. We know them as lead magnets, but in your brain, they might just be still free stuff. Okay. So these are like free courses, free eBooks, free checklists, free audits, like all that Yeah, Yeah, exactly. All those free things you can, of course, I'm not saying like just learn from people's lead magnets, but it is a great resource because people are out there putting out some really valuable content Mm. for free. And those things usually supplement the YouTube video you watch, the blog post that you read, but you don't want to be on a million people's 
email list and then you're getting all their welcome sequences. Hey, Sarah, thanks for downloading XYZ. I'm Clay and I'm going to teach you how to blah, blah, blah. And then I get 100 emails from Clay and I don't even remember who Clay is. Yeah, except that Clay Clay and Preston hate that you're telling people this right now because we like to have people on our welcome sequences, but it's okay. (laughs) We understand. I have done that. I'm so sorry, Clay. Everybody, please go subscribe to whatever Clay has to offer you, and right. we're going to pretend like I didn't just tell you not to subscribe to his email. Well, this is why you're here. You're 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 here to tell us a better way of doing it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I actually write email sequences all the time. It's one of the services I offer, so I'm not going to nice. tell anyone. I'm like going against my own advice in this way, but this is what I did. I obviously downloaded a lot of freebies in my day, but I did actually take it one step further. So I'm kind of jumping ahead in this sense. Maybe we can take it back a second after this. But in downloading those free things, so let's say you want to learn about copywriting, right? That's my example because that's what I did. I downloaded a bunch of lead magnets from seemingly successful copywriters. I judged their success based on their website copy, which as one does. Um, And I now write website copy, so I get it. But I was downloading all of those things and I would see which lead magnets were the most helpful. And then I would email that person and ask them a specific question. So let's say I downloaded you know, the homepage how to, that's my freebie. I download a version of that. And then I say, Oh, I actually really am curious about XYZ in terms of writing your homepage. So then I would email someone and ask them a specific question. So they had to answer or else it would be like rude. <laughs> Not really. They obviously didn't have to answer, but it's better than saying, Hey, I want to be a copywriter. Do you have any advice? If somebody yeah, emailed totally. me that I would be like, no. <laughs> Advice about what? But if somebody emailed me, I'm struggling to write my homepage and I'm deciding between this headline and this headline, which one would you choose? I would answer that email. So extrovert uh, tendencies are helpful in learning these free skills. I love that. That's a nice little hack. I, you know, I get those kind of emails all the time that it's like, hey, what advice do you have? I'm just getting started in freelancing. What advice do you have? And it's like, whoa, I, I have no idea. Uh, you know what your what the context is, what the scenario is. So that's that's a great little hack. Mm-hmm. And also, like if you use it's the like same email address, yeah, yeah. And and if you use the same email address that you downloaded uh, the you know the lead magnet from or whatever, then they can see that you're part of their community and part of the list, and and like they're more likely to answer you that way as well. So I love all that. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. So yeah, backing it up a bit, obviously that's not really step one is to go straight for it and download these things. You do have to be willing to learn. Of course, that's the number one thing that you need before Google, before a YouTube video, before you know reaching out to people and asking them questions. If you're not down to set aside you know, an hour a day or less or more time from your busy schedule or the 24 hours that you allot for other things right now, then you're not ever going to be able to teach yourself that new skill. Um, I feel like the one thing that led me to be able to actually do the skill I was teaching myself was I was like, okay, this is going to be it. This is going to be the one that has to make me money. And if I view this as work right now, before I'm a copywriter, before I take on my first client and I set aside that time and I tell myself, okay, I'm working and I'm learning about these things and I'm taking notes on paper with a blue pen, all the, all the tricks to remember things quicker and remember things more completely, then I'm going to be successful in doing that. So definitely uh, setting aside that time is key. I love I love that idea. I feel like that's when my side hustle pivoted to a real business. Like I was kind of I was kind of almost playing business before, right? Where it was like, um, yeah, I feel that. Like yeah, yeah. Like like I I would get on the computer every once in a while, and I'd write a blog post, and I'd you know connect with someone, and I'd whatever sign up for a new affiliate program, and like I'd do little little businessy things. But when I decided it was actually it was actually when I moved and got my first job out of college, um, I had a forty minute train commute one way. So twice a day, I had forty minutes. They had Wi Fi on the train, and it was like my dedicated work time. Uh, when I got home, I was home. I had a kid, I, my wife, and and I it was like I was home. And when I was at my job, I was at my job. But during that forty minute twice a day period, I could work. And actually, be dedicated to the side hustle, and um, which eventually, obviously, became my my full time job. But without without like that dedicated time, you kind of just you find excuses not to do it, or yeah. you, you let or it like walk. stuff mm-hmm. just gets in the way, you know. Yeah. yeah, I have a similar story, and I feel like I read this somewhere recently, or maybe I saw a TikTok about it. Because let's be real, that's where we all get our information lately. But I read somewhere, heard somewhere, saw somewhere, whatever that. 
when you change your environment, your habits change, and then you're Mm. able to make those really monumental changes. So when you graduated college and you started having that commute and then boom, that 40 minutes was given to you, that was such a great new habit for you to form. And I did the same. We moved to Canada right when I started my business. So I had no habits here, like no environment I was used to. So I just started in that way. So maybe if you're listening to this and you're not, you know, moving or getting a new train commute, start going to a different coffee shop that you've never been to to before to do it or start going to the library if you've never done that before, like work in a different room Mm -hmm. in your house to give those habits uh, a new place to form. But I have have the same issue. Well, not issue. (laughs) I don't want to call my toddler an issue. I was going to say I have a child as well. So of course, I would need to (laughs) put that hour during my like nap time or his nap time. I mean, so you can find the time if a toddler mom can do it, you can do it. (laughs) That's good. That's good. That's, that's you know, like, in in marketing, uh, even just business in general, you got to have like some creativity. Um, and I, I do notice myself doing that whenever I have like a creative block. I'm just like, I got to change up my environment somehow. Mm, yeah. And it, it could be, honestly, it could be like the really subtle things. Maybe it's like a change of music or what I'm listening to. Like everything else could be the same, but maybe I just change that or I change the lighting or it could be like completely different location so yeah, that's really good. Um, that, that's something I catch myself doing all the time. Yeah, it's crazy to me how much of an impact location has on your work. Like I, so we finished our basement last year, and there was an extra room that we weren't using. So I decided instead, I used to go off and work different places during the day, and instead I set up a table and some, you know, a computer here in my office, and now I'm here every day. But but the crazy thing that I've noticed is like if I you know, quote unquote, after hours, like if I in the evening come down to get something off my computer for something else, for something for the kids for school or whatever, it's like I walk in the room and walk around the desk and sit down and all of a sudden my brain is like thinking about work things. Like I'm just like, oh my God, same. I I'm feel in that work so mode. Hard. It's yeah, crazy. that's me with my garage office. So people listening, <laughs> you guys have no idea what the garage office is. I work in my garage because I live in a little tiny two bedroom ranch house. And if I had to work in there, it would just be like Paw Patrol and toddler things all day. So we made my garage into my office. And same thing, if I came in here to grab something real quick, I would, before I know it, sit down and start writing a new draft for a website or something. Like I would just start working and not even notice. And that could be a good thing and a bad thing, uh, you know, depending on like your discipline and your habits and that kind of thing. But I think if you leverage it right, if you use it right, it can be a really powerful thing. Like you said, uh, before Sarah, it's like when I would get on the train, I, that was just I just opened my like I got in the habit. I just opened my laptop. I didn't like have to wonder: Am I gonna work on the lap on the train today, or am I not? Am I just gonna take a nap or whatever? Like that was never a <laughs> question. A after after a few weeks of doing it, it was just habit. I just got on the train, I opened my laptop, and I started working on my business. So, yeah. so I guess what you maybe, can gather is habits. <laughs> habits yes. is a key step. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to link in the show notes, I'm going to link to my favorite book on habits. I've read probably a half a dozen of them and my absolute favorite, like literally it was a life-changing book for me, which I know sounds dramatic, but it's not untrue, um, is called Atomic Habits. It's by James Clear. If you haven't read the book, uh, you have to read it. I, I actually listened so to good. it. But it's, I knew you were going to say this book. <laughs> it's so it's good. So like good. any it's conversation so about habits, I hear this book come up. If you haven't read it seriously, right now is the time to read it. So, um, yeah, it talks all I about like habits too. and situational stuff. You have another one to add? Yeah, sorry, I'm a yeah. serial interrupter, which is why I like can't. I, I love <laughs> it actually. Usually, usually, like, and I don't know how the listeners feel about it, but usually, I'm like pulling teeth to get people to respond, and like even Clay and sometimes I have to be like, Clay, going. what do you think? So, <laughs> yeah, what about you, Clay? Any input, Clay? No, I'm a serial interrupter. I don't know how to fix it, and I just am like, hey guys, me, I have something to say. But I'm reading right now. I've read Atomic Habits, and I am giving it my endorsement. You guys don't know me, but that's a big endorsement. <laughs> just kidding, but I'm. Reading reading a book right now called The 4% Fix. And it's about habits, but it's also about sleep. It's also about waking up an hour earlier or not even waking up an hour earlier, but setting aside an extra hour for personal time or what you want to do for yourself. It's basically like a fill your cup first so you don't have to pour from an empty cup, You know, giving your energy to all these other places and how to maximize your 24 hours instead of feeling like, I only have 24 hours in a day. I need a day between today and tomorrow, which is a sentence I find myself saying all the time as a freelancer. Um, And I found it really beneficial. So it's called The 4% Fix by a woman named Karma. Her last name is leaving me at the moment, but it's really good. You guys should check it out. Awesome. We'll be sure to link to that as well in the show notes. I want want to talk about about how, how you got like your first clients. 
Okay, like, love this. Can we story. make that segue, Preston? Is that is that I good? I think that's perfect. Yeah. So you, okay, so cool. okay, so like, let's follow the journey. So you you've decided you want to learn something. You've now like downloaded a bunch of free resources. You've reached out to experts. You've learned a bunch of stuff. And now it's like I feel like I'm confident enough in this that I'm I can go get my own clients. And I don't know, Sarah. You tell us what the timeline looks like. But for me, like, don't spend tons of time learning. Like, get get your feet under you, but don't spend like twelve months learning. <laughs> get, yes, I'm get it so done glad quickly, you said that. and then start finding some clients fast. Because until you yeah. have clients, you don't have a business. Sorry, take it away, Sarah. No, go a hundred percent. I retweet everything you just said, and I'm glad you said it because I would have forgotten to mention that part. If you spend too much time waiting to get started, you're never going to get started, and it's not motivating to keep learning and doing all this research when you're not getting paid for it. Like in the beginning, yeah, like it's exciting to learn the possibility mm, yeah. of what you could. Be doing and all the details of the skill and blah, blah, blah. But if no one's paying you to do it, you're going to get over it real quick. So that being said, I would say I spent about two months, maybe like mastering everything, but not two straight months. Like I didn't spend every single day, like in my, my nose in a copywriting book. Like I went on vacation during that two months. I was like living my life, moving, you know, packing to come from Boston to Montreal, which is where I moved from into. Um, so about two months, then I was like, all right, I'm ready. I know what copywriting is. I'm not going to feel awkward if on a discovery call, they ask me something. And I don't know what the hell they're talking about. So what I did was I researched how to get clients and <laughs> I read a billion articles about that. And then I was like, all right, I'm an extrovert. I got this. So what I did was I went on LinkedIn and I looked at my connections and I was like, okay, does any of these, do any of these people have a business? Do any of these people have a brand? Does anybody need a blog post? Like I basically was yelling into the void, like you guys need a blog post. Anybody need me to write anything? Cause in the <laughs> beginning I was like, what can I do? And Love website it. copy scared me. I was like, do you guys need like a lead magnet opt-in? Like a like a 20 word thing. I don't know what I was doing in the beginning, but <laughs> I basically was like, Hey, I'll blog for you. So I went through my LinkedIn list. I, I made a big, huge, huge list of people in my life that I knew that had businesses. Even if it was completely unrealistic, I let myself make a list, no judgment. Like even if I knew I was never going to reach out to this person, it was like a stream of consciousness moment where I was like, okay, who can I write copy for? Like anybody in my community or in my network at all. And I want to pause to mention, this is a privilege thing. Like not everybody has a community like that where they mm. can think of people who own businesses or think of people in their life who would be down to do what I'm about to say next. So just wanted to add that. My, my senior thesis was about networking and the privileges that come with it. So I just want to throw that in there. But I thought of a couple people and I was like, all right, I can email these people that it's not going to be weird if I do it. So I reached out to, I think, three people and I would have reached out to more, but two of the three people ended up you know, being down. So I didn't have to do this. So I reached out to a couple people and basically said, hey, I hope you're doing well, blah, 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 quick intro, like a personal note to, so they know that I didn't copy and paste this email Like to one guy. I was like, how's so-and-so mentioned his daughter, mentioned his specific like update from LinkedIn from like a week before I did my research. And then I said, I'm starting this business. I think that XYZ could really benefit insert business same here. And here's what I can do for you. I would love to do this for free for a month in exchange for a testimonial. That's my biggest tip to anyone. Free for either one project or a certain amount of time in exchange for a review. Like so you have sample I love work. that you said that. Yeah. Yeah. Sample I think work so. under I think, your belt. Like, this, is, this is my big beef with the world of freelancing is like people who've been freelancing for 10 years, they'll, they'll write yeah. a blog post or post on social media and they're like, don't give away free work. Charge what you're worth. You're, you yeah. know, yeah. you're bringing the you're yeah. bringing the whole system down. And it's like, no, 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 hold on. There, there is yeah. a place for it. Like, yes, if you've been totally. freelancing for ten years, maybe, maybe don't. But if yeah. you're just Would getting started, like, right there is no value way. to working for free. A hundred. I think it has to be strict. I think it has to be strategic yeah. too. For yeah, sure. you know, yeah. it's like it's like don't go do a bunch of free work for someone who won't give you a review or a testimonial yeah. or or um or a referral or whatever. Yeah. I was very clear, like, you got to write my testimonial <laughs> if I'm doing this. Like, yeah. it was, there was no question about that. Of course, I said, you know, if you're satisfied with my work. I didn't say, like, write me a glowing review, even if I suck. But <laughs> yeah. thankfully, my work didn't suck. And they did write me a glowing review. And that was how I got started. I actually had both of them end up turning into paying clients. And then I did their content writing for a while. One of them, I did her content writing until I like couldn't manage content writing anymore. So I was doing blogging for her. I was even helping her with Instagram captions and stuff. And then I transitioned to now 
just writing website copies, sales pages. And then I have a fun little service where you can rent me for a day and then I'll do the content writing stuff for you. So that was really, uh, that's a, that's a story for another day. In the beginning though, reaching out to those people was so key. And of course I reached out to people who, you know, never got back to me. And of course, in the beginning of my business, I worked with clients that didn't value me and the whole freelancer Mm -hmm. plate. Right. But the Email was key. I actually have a free, uh, a freebie. <laughs> I'm one of those on my website. You can download for the exact email template that I sent, and then a bunch of other email templates. This like is a lead magnet that has nothing really to do with my business, but I just thought it was helpful, so I threw it up there on my resources page. If you, Preston, want to link that below, I'll send you. The yeah, link. we'll we'll for sure um, link that. But be sure yeah. if you sign up, though, be sure to use your junk email so that uh, <laughs> Sarah can put you on her <laughs> on her welcome yeah. series. I deserve that, guys. Don't sign up for my email yeah. list. You can unsubscribe. If you want, I'm going to send you six emails over the course of, you know, a week and a half. That's what a welcome sequence looks like, but you'll get to know all about me and my services and you can use it as an example. If you want to write your own welcome sequence. So you should subscribe with an email you actually check, but that's my shameless plug. <laughs> oh, now you're, now you're just backpedaling, Sarah. Come on. Yeah, now I'm just trying <laughs> to take it back. <laughs> you know, you know what I love about what you've said so far though, is, um, I think like one advantage you have as a new freelancer or, or when you're trying to trying to market a new skill, uh, is is you can do you can do in that moment what maybe you can't do later at scale, like sending sending a, a very personal individualized email or making a video and sending it to someone or even calling someone up on the phone. Like at some point as you're scaling your business and growing an agency, you you can't keep doing that all the time or everything else in your business suffers. You can't be that personal, uh, or at least it's much harder to. You know, there are tools obviously we've mentioned on the show before, like Reply that will help you try to customize and, and be more personable at scale. But I love that. I, that's what I love about like really, really small business. When you're first getting started, yeah. you, can just, you can just be so personable and, and personalize yeah, all everything of can your really communication. Be it's great. Mm-hmm. I even have a problem with like automations, which if any mm-hmm. VA or anybody like that is listening to this, they just got so mad and probably stopped listening. So I'm sorry. I'm just not an automations person. I, I can always tell when I get an automated email and I know you're just trying to be out there get that bag, maximize your productivity, but there's something to be said, like, like you were just talking about for a personalized yeah. email and communication. You can tell is coming from that person. Like I do have a team. I have an assistant. I have two freelance writers that work under me, but I still love doing all my emails and love, you know, all my discovery calls are always me. And I don't know, the scaling thing will have to be like a digital product moment for me because I can't see myself mm. ever switching to an yeah. agency model because I love the one-on-one client work right now. For sure. Um, so I, I, uh, I, I'm going to kind of, uh, kind of move. What am I trying to say? Switch the, <laughs> switch the topic here Which a little years? bit. Um, because, because like, Okay, I'm hearing all these things, right? About how you got started, mm-hmm. you have a you have a service, how you got your first clients. But the one thing that stuck out to me, and and I know there's other listeners thinking, was the 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 fact that you said you're an extrovert. Now yeah. I am an introvert. So if That's I'm thinking, <laughs> right, like like what do you have any tips? Um, and maybe maybe you do, maybe you don't, I don't know. But I know what I did, but I just want to know like. Can the can the stuff that you did still work for someone who's an introvert? Yes. Okay. I'm going to tell you how. So this, take this for what it is, because of course, this is an extrovert trying to advise an introvert. And if I say like, just comment, you're going to be like, I'm scared. I'm an introvert. What do you mean? Just comment. That's like anxiety provoking for me. But with a template, like if you really do go to my website and download that or download any template from the internet, it feels less scary because you are not, you know, drafting out that email yourself. But you're gonna have to find a way to cut through the little voice in your head telling you that it's awkward, telling you that you're too shy for this, or telling you that like, who do you think you are? The imposter syndrome one. That's not one that ever goes away. So maybe don't even try to get rid of that one. That one doesn't go anywhere. But I will say if you do feel uncomfortable emailing somebody directly, join Facebook groups. This is one that I found to be so, so beneficial. And I'm so thankful to my friend Kelsey for randomly adding me to a Facebook group called Women in Marketing. And that group, people writing, hey, I'm looking for a copywriter. Anybody know anyone? And me commenting, hi, me, I'm one. That was the reason I was able to take my business full time. And commenting on Facebook for you might be a little bit less uncomfortable than emailing someone and like pitching yourself in that way. So sure. maybe you could try something like that, but that's how I was able to take my business full time. That's the real tea. 
I can talk about Facebook groups if you guys want me to. I love Facebook groups. Oh, me too. I, in, yeah. In fact, I just made a recent post about it um, where I think Facebook groups, at least at the time right now, uh, you know, August 2021, I think I think Facebook is going to put a big focus on groups um, because... I think so too. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed the trends right now, but like they are actually prioritizing... Uh, so groups that you're currently a member of, they're prioritizing that in your newsfeed um, where they, they'll highlight it and they, they'll say, hey, there's a new post in this group. And then in addition to that, they will suggest groups that you should join based off your interests. And so I've been seeing that in my feed. And then I got to like, Facebook did their first ever Super Bowl ad and it was specifically about Facebook groups. So I mean, it's like, I think that they're... Yeah, I think they're about to pop in the near future, yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. I've yeah. been noticing that all of my feed is Peloton Moms and <laughs> the new posts in Peloton Moms because <laughs> I'm one of those. But I have you're right. Um if you like I said, so if you're if marketing is what you're down to learn or the industry you want to get into, Facebook groups are so, so helpful. Literally just go on Facebook and type in marketing <laughs> under the group search thing. And my strategy for this is if you're somebody new getting started or if you don't have anyone in your network who you want to do that whole you know, one project for free in exchange for a review type of thing, those Facebook groups would be the best place to find them. So let's say you want to become a copywriter and you saw that somebody posted, I'm looking for a website copywriter, blah, blah, blah. Do you guys know anyone? But the post is from like February and it's now December and you're looking, still comment on the post because what people do is they go to the search bar and they type in copywriter or virtual assistant or Pinterest manager or whatever you want to be. And then they look through the comments. So I would comment on a post, even if it had 50 other comments and they definitely already picked someone by now, I would still comment. And then people still find my name because they searched in that way. So say, hi, I'm yeah. name. My, I'm a insert title. Here's my website. Like contact me through there. If you want to get in touch with me, boom, done clients in your pocket. What, what if somebody's like, okay, so, so copywriting, uh, similar with marketing website, graphic design, right? That, that, that stuff can all be done virtual. But what if somebody's listening um, and let's say by chance, and I know, I know this is Preston's, um, uh, this is like kind of our audience as freelancers, but like, what if somebody does business locally? What, what would you say, like, can they still do this? Like, what, are there Facebook groups that yeah. are, you know what community I mean? Community like, Facebook groups. People love yeah. the community Facebook groups. So if you're like in Worcester, Massachusetts, you can join, you know, Worcester moms or whatever, and then shoot your shot that way. Just make a post instead of commenting on it and saying, Hey guys, I just opened an XYZ down on main street, like stop in and use 10% off for blah, blah, blah. If you have a brick and mortar or go to other brick and mortars that are your neighbors with a business card, introduce yourself and say, Hey, I just opened XYZ stop in and you can get 10% off your coffee or whatever it is. So, but local businesses, now we're getting into a website lesson, and I know that's not what we're here for, but local businesses, your SEO is so important, it's not even funny. So investing sure. in that would be sure. important. Yeah, and like, so we have like a Salt Lake City marketing and PR jobs group that I'm a part of, and it's just like any, we get like new interns coming from college who want a job near Salt Lake City. Uh, we get just people who have been in marketing and PR forever are part of that group. And it's like, you can ask questions and stuff, but I think the most common thing that that comes up in there is, you know, we're hiring for this. Does anyone know anyone who's a good fit? And sometimes it's someone in the group. Sometimes it's someone else that you're you're referring outside of the group. Also, like to your point, Clay. You know, I saw that post you made uh, about groups. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, and to your point uh, in that post, you could also create the group, right? You could, if the group doesn't exist or or there's not one that you feel like is high quality, you could start. You know, uh, Massachusetts marketing jobs or like Austin, Texas. Uh, chiropractors or whatever, like you could start the Facebook group that becomes uh, basically a pool of new potential clients for you. And if you add yeah. value to that group, so then um, yeah, you you just become automatically like the go to person. I think yeah. I think that's yeah. The reason I made that post, I saw I saw your comment because you, you said both, which I one hundred percent agree with. Right? That. Because well, I someone think, asked, someone asked, should I join groups or should I create a group? Right? Yeah, yeah. And and I said create, and then you follow up and you said both, <laughs> and uh, and they're both they're both valuable. I I think the the reason why I said create a group is because I'm a big fan of building a community and then mm-hmm. selling to the community. Mm-hmm. Right, because because I, I think oh, like if you're, 
Yeah, like, yeah, if, you, if you're the authority person who created the group and you build up that group, you provide value, and then over time, like, people see you as an authority, you can, you can sell to an entire group of people, could be hundreds or thousands, versus, like, commenting as an individual person on individual posts in somebody else's group, which you can 100% get business that way, but it's very transactional. You know yeah. what I mean? hundred so, percent. That's I mean, why you see all these creators making their own mm-hmm. groups, but it's hard to get the audience in those groups. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. It's well, a lot well, yeah. Of I mean, that's that's the classic like conundrum of an audience first business, right? Where you spend five years blogging before you ever make any money. I, I, in terms of freelancing, especially, I never recommend that path. Um, I think this path we're talking about today, like, is much quicker. If you're passionate about being a blogger or an Instagrammer or whatever you want to call it, an influencer. Uh, then yes, of course, that's the path you take. It's going to take longer. Uh, it's going to take a long time to build up an audience that you can actually monetize. But um, but if you want to just like if you, if you need to make money quickly, like if you're Sarah and you're moving and and you need to find a new job and you need money fairly quickly, then uh, I think this route of like finding clients through other people's groups or through you know, just calling people up or, or posting on LinkedIn or what some of these things that we're talking about, I think are a much quicker path to revenue. You could potentially do them both at the same time too. And like be growing your audience on the one hand while you're getting jobs, you know, through these other resources as well. So that you, you kind of, you kind of plant two trees, the fast growing tree, uh, now for the shade now, and then the slow growing tree for the shade in 20 years or whatever. Right. Yeah, for sure. I feel like most people, at least people in my profession or marketing freelancers, service providers will do what you just said, you know, make the money now. And then also in the background, be thinking about, okay, let me grow my Instagram. Let me grow my XYZ platform and then just make the Facebook group. My email list. Yeah. Email list is huge, huge, huge. Anybody who talks about marketing will tell you that. But I actually recommend not starting your, at least your Instagram First, I actually had my business for six months before I ever even made a business Instagram. I had no Instagram presence for my business whatsoever because I know myself and I knew I would be way too focused on building the audience and growing my Instagram and like creating content as opposed to spending that time growing my email list or growing my clients yeah. or working on yeah. client I work. Think that, so I think that's so smart to focus on the right metrics yeah. uh, as, as you're getting started. We still don't have... Mm-hmm. I think we have an Instagram account, but we certainly don't use it. Um, I looked for it and couldn't find it. So this is awkward. Yeah, I was like, yeah, let me so. find them on Instagram. And <laughs> but I totally would have been focused on growing my followers. And followers do not mean dollars. So that's, yep, exactly. that's the reality for you guys. For sure. Exactly. Okay, so I want to get, get back to this idea of like finding your first clients. Did you ever have a moment where someone... Because we're talking about developing a new skill from scratch... Again, whether you're whether you're experienced in something else or not, or whether this is like your first try at freelancing, but you're developing a new skill from scratch, and then you're trying to find clients that want to pay you for that skill. Did you ever have someone come back to you and say, uh, "Can you show me some examples of your work?" And I if they, did, I, and it was awkward because I didn't have any. So yeah, what did you I, do? <laughs> okay, so recently, before I like two jobs before this, let's say I worked at a hotel, I had grown up going to this beach town, and I always wanted to live there. And I knew it was either then when I was 23, or it was going to be when I was 75 and could afford a house. So I was like, let me just work at a hotel for fun for a summer. Why not? So I did that. It was a great experience. That's actually where I met my husband and changed my whole life. And you know, the whole love story. And then copywriting wise, he was on my list, this general manager of the hotel, the man that I worked for. Um, and I was like, let me reach out to good old Gary and be like, Hey, Gary, if your hotel ever needs XYZ, like I can help you. And I went in, I made a list. I didn't show, share this with him, obviously, but I made a list of like the things that it could improve, like his website, English, <laughs> I'm going to start over <laughs> the things that his website needed to improve on that to help um, you know, his clients find him better or potential customers find them better and how they could benefit from a blog. And I like spent all this time on it. So I reached out to him on LinkedIn, was proud of my message. And he was like, sure, let's talk about it. Let's get on a call and we can talk about how maybe you can help us with marketing. And I was like, oh my God, like four star Forbes resort hotel is like about to hire me <laughs> and to do their marketing. Wow. Like this is a, amazing. And they have a marketing team, obviously. Like, of course they do. I knew them personally, but I was like, maybe they need my help, you know? coming in to save them with my one week of copywriting experience. (laughs) So I had my call with Gary and he was like, yeah, I I don't really know what a landing page is. And I was like trying to explain it to him and it was just awkward. And I was like, this is uncomfortable. He goes, why don't you email Simon and give Simon some examples of your work? 
like, shoot, I know Simon. Like, Simon's going to be like, Sarah, why are you emailing me this? Like, don't, aren't you that concierge from two years ago? Why are you sending me a blog post sample? So I sent him some stuff and he just sent me like a nice thanks but no thanks email back. And I, I feel like if I had a stronger presence at the time that I reached out to them, it could have gone a different way. Like I could be doing their e-blogging, even though now I'm, I'm past the blogging stage. But either way, I yeah. didn't know my audience well enough at that time. So they're not my ideal client at all, that hotel. Like that's so Mm -hmm. random of me. So I feel like when you're researching, think about who actually needs this. Now I know that my my services are best fit for digital service providers and course creators and businesses who want to grow their digital presence online and people who really care about their website. Like that was not my ideal client and that's where I failed. Okay, so I love that. It's a good like learning experience, I guess. When when was the moment when uh, someone asked that and you did it right? Like, how did how did I guess what the real question here is like? How do you get your first work to show examples? I guess you you mentioned that thing about like doing work for free. Maybe when you offer yeah, for free, people it. don't worry as much about your examples in the past or whatever. Is that kind of the idea? So my first clients that I reached out to when I mentioned the email thing, how I emailed three people and two people got back to me and were down. I didn't send them any samples of my work at all. I said, I'm starting this business. And both of those people knew me. That was the key there. They knew me personally. And I'd met them before. So that's why I think they were down because they knew my character. So that's why I said it's a privilege because I I knew them in real life. I didn't know them well at all. They were practically strangers. But I had face-to-face met them at least once before. So they were just down to trust me. And what what risk is it to them? You know, it was free. Like, okay, girl, write me a blog post and I'll post yeah. it if it's good. You know what I mean? They had no risk at all. That's that's the key with the free thing. They maybe mm-hmm. had, what, five minutes to write me a testimonial after and that was their investment. So for them, it was a good deal. And me, I really cared about the work product that I gave them for two reasons. Yeah. Obviously, one, please hire me. Two, I want to be able to use those as my samples. So that's what I did moving forward. I used those as my samples and I will run one really good blog post that I was like, here you go. And I would send one and say, if you need more samples, let me know. Or like, I'd be happy to send them. Nobody ever asked for more, (laughs) but if they did, I would have made something up. I don't know. But send just one. Yeah. Like like sometimes people will do like fake, like case studies or something. And I'm just, I'm always like, uh, I don't don't know. Like you can, you can kind of see through that as a client. Like you can kind of see like they don't have any Mm -hmm. actual experience. Yeah. You don't know what they would actually want. So if you, if I had learned about website copy and I had written a fake website, like I wouldn't have known anything about writing Mm. a website and would have just made up this fake one. And like you said, it would have showed like people would have been like, what even is this? Like, this isn't a real website. I don't know. I just wouldn't have been able to fake it in that way. I'm down for the case study thing, I guess, but it feels like homework to me. It doesn't feel like Mm. real work. And it's almost, yeah, it's almost like a turnoff as a, person who is trying to hire you like okay so totally. you have fake work why don't you have real work you know what I mean? totally yeah i've i've had i've i've tried to hire people before who uh like at my day job who yeah they'll they'll send me stuff and it's like this is very clearly you clearly didn't redesign facebook uh this is clearly yeah, exactly. like, like uh, why an, use an such a brand? make a brand up if you're gonna do that yeah i think i think you could do the even if you if, even if you don't know anyone which I, I find that hard, hard to believe. I think everybody knows somebody that they can help with their, with their business, like when they're starting out. Um, but even if you don't, if you offer for free, there's going to be a lot of people out there that will be willing to take a chance on you yeah. just because it's free. Zero risk. It's zero risk. And, and it's just like, but, but again, I would argue that you know somebody. You know what I mean? Like, Mm-hmm. I think yeah, so. I think I think most people know someone. And a couple things come to mind too like I recently had a conversation uh you can go back in the archives a couple episodes back with uh Noah Tetzner and he grew an Upwork profile from nothing to six figures in like 3 months. And one thing that he said was that like in the beginning he just took any job he could get in order to get reviews because he we he learned that it. the the Upwork algorithm was all about reviews, positive reviews. And then as soon as he got those in, like then, you know, people started reaching out to him, but he would just reach out and say like, you know, if you don't like it, I'll give you your money back and da da da. Like he he made it zero risk. I think that's maybe the big takeaway here is the zero risk thing. I also like For I sure. had a I had an agency reach out to me recently to help with our solid gigs product to do some marketing. And their whole pitch was um we'll set you up in Google Ads and Facebook ads. We'll run them for free for 90 days. And then after that, it's it's a strictly like pay for performance. So I only pay them when I get a new customer. 
So that becomes a no-brainer for me because it's like, well, I know exactly what the lifetime value of my customer is. And um, and so as long as that's less than, than the amount or what they're charging me is less than the amount that I make from the customer, then we do that all day long. And and so I think like there are different ways you can reduce risk for a potential client. Uh, and and the, the lower the barrier, the, the lower the risk, the higher the chance is that they will be willing to, to give it a shot, particularly if you're new at that skill set. Yeah, I was just going to say the new thing because now I feel like I don't have to do it as much because yeah, people recognize sure. my value just from my website. But when you're new, you kind of have to give them a reason to trust you. And then as you go on, you know, those testimonials on your website, those referrals um, that other people will, you know, recommend you to their friends and all that stuff. And then your website copy will speak for you and you'll just be able or they'll be able to tell instantly, like, okay, this person's legit. But in the beginning, that's totally key to being like, listen, you have to do nothing it's for me to work for you right now. Just to do it. Yeah. 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 I like, Preston, I like what you said too, removing the hurdles. Um, I, think this is, I think this is good for people to hear who are just starting out because um, like, there's all kinds of hurdles. Like if somebody says, okay, yeah. Like if you, if you convince somebody to pay you to do work, uh, which is amazing, Man, the hurdles just to get signed up and get the money have to be very, very minimal. Mm. And like just recently, I I was trying like I was trying to hire somebody um for for some housework stuff. And dude, it was such a pain in the ass to get signed up. Like they they tried to send me like a PDF thing to like contract that wasn't electronic signature with that I actually had to fill out like print oh, out man. and like yeah. and like okay. oh and then after that they had to call me with my credit card like and oh, I'm like absolutely I'm not. like bro just send me a freaking online invoice or e-signature or something. Yeah. I ended up not hiring them because of that. Because <laughs> right? I'm like That's I don't surprise. have time to do this. Yeah. You know, like there's too many hurdles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when many I hurdles. first started, people, I don't know where I read this, but I read it somewhere and I never forgot it. It said, don't make it hard for people to pay you. Do not make it hard for people to pay you. If they, yes. there you go, you're going to be like, Clay, not hire the people who, people for the yeah. hard work. I mean, it, it happens. It to, Or they just, or they hire you and then they don't pay you. Or it yeah, takes like, forever yeah. to collect the payment or whatever. Like there's so many good reasons to make it as easy as possible to get paid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so that's something yep. to consider in the beginning is an accounting software. I use Wave. If anybody's looking for a new one, it's so easy. You literally just like, boop, boop, invoice, send automatic to their email. It automatically sends them reminders. So it comes from mm-hmm. Wave and you don't have to be yep. like the bitchy one being like, hey, pay me, please. Yeah. Like, Wave is like, yep. remember, it's like an automated here's, here's reminder. Here's your for between the lines I, copywriting. I, yeah. I would, even, I would even say like, even in that scenario, like that's very easy. Um, but I would say, like, even in that scenario, I would be like, let's figure out how to capture somebody's uh, payment info where you could yeah. just charge that, like, you can save a automatically. Card yeah, like, you do it, I, and you can just skirt. Yeah, like I, I have a personal trainer who I just I quit because I, <laughs> she complained about me not paying, but I'm like. Because you keep sending me invoice. This is really nitpicky about, but this is just my personality. No, but it's true. Okay? Like yeah, you keep sending me an invoice, like, and I'm not going to go manually pay an invoice or yeah. write you a check or something. Well, she wanted me to like. <laughs> she wanted me to like uh, Venmo her every like every ten visit block or like ten ten session thing. I'm so like you had to count. Yeah, like Too yeah, and I'm like, and work. I'm like, I know. I told her I was like, I don't want to keep track of this. Yeah. And then another thing is I don't want to have to like take time and it's super nitpicky. I get it. But I don't want to have to take time out of my day to go and like pull up and pay an invoice. Like here's my card, charge it whenever it needs to be charged. You know what I mean? Like make it super easy. Yeah. In fact, this reminds me too, Clay, about for for listeners who are familiar with your story, it was like, you know, I can charge 2,500 bucks or 5,000 bucks or whatever it was for a website or I could charge people $200 a month, uh, get their card, charge them $200 a month for for 24 months or something, right? So so it's like, uh, that's another barrier is like upfront cost versus versus this monthly payment thing. And then on top of that, like the the ease of payment, I agree. Like anytime you can get a customer's credit card, put it in your payment system and and neither you nor they have to worry about it, it's so much better. People love the payment plan moment, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and that's maybe some more advanced stuff. Like once you've once you're really good at um, whatever this skill is that you've taught yourself, and you're really monetizing it. But Clay, you had that moment where like you had gotten pretty good at building websites for people, 
Um, and, and then it was just like a moment of, well, I'd like more clients, but, I, but it seems like one hurdle is that they don't want to pay this huge upfront cost or 50% yeah. upfront or whatever. So how can we, how can we reduce that risk for them? And then, and then I remember, you know, talking with you about that and you said that was the moment your business just like blew up when you started oh, charging yeah. like 200 bucks a month. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's when so it really I have a question, question about that for you, Clay. Did you say that upfront, like, okay, $200 a month? Or did you just add, you know, an FAQ? Like, do you offer payment plans or on your discovery calls? Did you say, did you give them the option? Like, okay, you can either pay 50% or we can do this payment plan. No, I got, I completely got rid of the upfront payment. Also, I, I also completely got rid of the 50% upfront, 50% on the back end. I just did not offer it. If somebody wanted to pay me up front, I still did not allow them to do it. I said, no, we only do the monthly payment plans. And the reason that is, is because one, it's easy for me because I don't have to deal with three different types of packages. It's just one package. Um, two, it was really good cash flow. Like I like, so for my, my websites, they were, so it was like $250 a month for 24 months. Um, so I knew exactly how much money was coming in over the next two years. And yeah, so that's, that's awesome. what I loved about that. You know, like, I, yeah, sure. I can get like seven, $6,000 right now. But that doesn't like, now I don't know what's coming in next month. Yeah, you know it's what so I mean? It's so hard to budget for that. You have your like yeah. work months where you're taking discovery calls and you're booking clients and you're getting, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. And then you have your work months where you're like, oh, yep. I'm not taking discovery yeah. calls. Where yeah. is my money coming in though? Yeah, I feel yeah. that. And it's it's a lot easier to plan your business too because like if you need to hire people or whatnot or, mm-hmm. or purchase equipment or software, like I know exactly how much cash flow is coming in guaranteed for the next two years. I'm good if I purchase this yeah. or hire this person or whatever. This is so, This is something we preach on this show all the time. It's like, it's better to know what your cash flow looks like than to get a big chunk of change right now and then potentially spend it or whatever like it's just a lot harder to plan in fact yeah. sarah we'll send you a link um and we'll link <laughs> in the show notes for listeners too but we have this thing called the recurring revenue challenge that we did and it was a five-day live in zoom challenge that you can watch all the all the fun. replays of the videos and it was just like talking all about this kind of thing like how do you build recurring revenue as a freelancer or agency builder so that you can predict your revenue every month um but I think I think this has been a really eye-opening conversation for me. I think it's been motivational, inspiring. Is there anything, any like last-minute details, Sarah, that we've left out of this process of going from not knowing the skill, learning the skill, then monetizing it and building a business? What have we left out? Anything? I think the only thing we've left out is how much your motivation and dedication and mood really matter in this process mm, because yeah. I'm a very instant gratification person and I know I'm not the only one, especially in this day and age, like yep. 2021, we're all like that. But I feel I feel I might be like that on another level because I'm one of those that if I try something new and I'm not perfect at it, I hate it. <laughs> so I'm not too proud to admit that. And I know people listening can feel me on this. Um, it's difficult if you're starting a new skill and you're not immediately good at it. It can be hard to move on. And I feel like with writing, <laughs> the reason why I was able was because I wasn't you know, shitty at it in the beginning. So when you start a new skill, though, you might not find it to be the easiest thing. And you just need to keep going back to it and telling yourself, you know, I'm committed to this, I'm going to do this. And this is what's going to make me successful. And I blah, 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 use your affirmations in the way that it works for you. But I would say, keep with it is my final note. I love that. That is great advice. Um, Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we've even gone a little longer than I thought because I've just had fun the three of us chatting about uh, about all sorts. Yeah, of it's just so thank fun. You. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Why don't you let the listeners know where they can find you, where the best place to connect, and uh, and the best place for them to put in their junk email address to sign up for your welcome series. <laughs> don't give me your junk email, guys. You're making me really regret saying that. I promise you my email list is a good time. That's where I'm going to start. I have a weekly email. It's a newsletter. One digital marketing tip every week, straight to your inbox. I market it as the email let or whatever, the email newsletter that'll make you want to take notes. It's called the Tuesday Table of Contents. So if you want to subscribe, my website is Between the 
BetweenTheLinesCoffee.com and you can find me on Instagram at BTLCoffee. If you want to head over to BetweenTheLines.com slash resources, you can get that email guide that I mentioned. And you can also get a free guide teaching you all about how to write your homepage if you're making a website and starting your business. Awesome. Love it. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. Clay, thanks as always, man. Much appreciated, you guys. Yeah, super fun. Super fun. Thanks, guys. Great. Take care. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of the Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at freelancetofounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time, see ya.